Welcome to The Witcher Lorecast, the show that explores the vast lore behind The Witcher games, show, and books. Witchers, welcome back to The Witcher Lorecast. This is your host, Tom, or Robots. I'm here with Toasty, who just survived jury duty and uh, didn't actually have to sit through jury duty, got let go, which is congratulations. I know you didn't want to have to be there. <laughs> Thumbs up from Toasty. Also, I'm back from the Elder Scrolls Online Vegas event last week, so we missed you. Uh, if, if you didn't see us or hear hear us or see us, I guess if you watch the YouTube, you see us, but most of you listen. Uh, that's that's what was going on last week, but we are back. Toasty, we're back with a bestiary episode. We're talking about Foglets. Foglets mm-hmm. in the games and in the books and then Foglets, I guess they're not in the books very much, but and then in the games in the games in the games and then the uh, the my favorite part the real world inspiration for the monsters mm-hmm. on the second half it was of the a show. bit of a weird one. I was like it's a bit of a, a weird look into to the real world mythology. I will say so. they are kind of a weird kind of creature. I mean, mm-hmm. they're in that that like necrophage camp of the like weird humanoid kind of creepy crawly yeah things all right so where do we start all right so uh foglers foglings or foglets have different names uh are magical beings said to have arrived during the conjunction of the spheres they tend to be found mainly in swamps forests or in the mountains and lure their prey into traps using magic they have glowing eyes and mouths keen ears and long pointed fingers and feed on the bodies of their victims. Mm, sound wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful guests for, a, you know, an evening party. A soiree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for anyone who's like played The Witcher 3, you, you know what they look They're freaky looking. Like, I always think they look kind of like, um, like, like the really like scary, ugly, like Nosferatu type vampires. Mm, okay. Like, think about it. Like, it, that's kind of what they look like. They're real, like, gaunt skinny decaying looking kind of hairless long, creepy fingers yeah like so. gangly gangly arms got golem like yeah my 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 friend sky and chat is over here uh, i think yeah. the foglets were the first thing I see. he's he's playing through the witcher 3 right now but uh i saw him struggle a lot with those guys so yeah especially yeah. when you're running to five of them when you're 15 levels under yeah <laughs> yeah when you're yeah. under level yeah no fun but uh so, uh, like Tom said earlier, uh, they are of the necrophage variety of monsters. Um, they have a couple variations, Ignis Fatis and Tangalore, the very specifically <laughs> named ones. Um, they occur in the Isle of Mists, Kaer Morhen, and in, you know, Greater Velen, where you Velen. see a lot of it. There's like lots yeah. of monsters in Velen. There's, there's tons of things in Velen. <laughs> it's uh, just kind of a dirty cesspit of monsters yeah. and poor people yeah not that uh, poor people necessarily oh i'm gonna get i'm gonna get added from this don't at me i don't mean that the poor people are the terrible part it's just a very poor area no, it's no. not like one of the cities already. anyway here already. we go i'm already digging i'm already digging my hole already digging the hole uh they are susceptible <laughs> to moon dust necrophage oil and quinn of course moon dust to help you see where they are uh because they tend to like to turn not invisible but, you know, fairly close to it. Um, yeah. And Quinn just helps to prevent from getting hit by them when they s- strike out from the, the mists. Appear like um, behind you out of nowhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, loot 
foglet teeth, foglet mutagen, and lesser blue mutagen. And then uh, Tangalore has specific things to that particular foglet, which are emerald dust, infused dust, monster essence, and phosphorus. And he's kind of a unique good. one to have, uh, you know, one of the named ones give a very specific list of loot as opposed to the rest of them. So, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, video game things. Uh, so foglets that appear wherever thick fog arises, swamplands, mountain passes, or the shores of rivers and lakes. If no fog is forthcoming, they can create or summon it themselves. Oh God, where does the fog come out of? Their mouths? I don't know. Uh, it seems uh, that's the nice answer. I know the, where your brain's going. You I was weirdo. thinking their their pores on their skin. There's like venting out. Okay. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, by manipulating fog, they can separate travelers from each other, hide trails, and deafen noise. Like ghastly glowworms, their bodies emit a pale light they can use to lure those lost in the fog towards the ravines, swamps, or caves in which they make their lairs. So, kind of like a terrifying angler fish. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't uh, go towards lights in the fog. Don't really don't. I'll get to the actual real world reason for that later. Mm. Uh, yeah. When fighting foglets, a witcher must remain calm and keep his wits about him no matter what. Since foglets can take on immaterial form, a slight shimmer of air or a rustle in the grass might be the only clues a witcher has to their location. Casting the Ard sign at these beings will cause them to become tangible, giving purchase to blades and other weapons. Got it. So look out for the fog. Look out for the lights in the fog. Use your wits. Be a good mm-hmm. witcher. And hard. And hard. To help you see them better. Right. Uh, got a, a bestiary entry from The Witcher 3, um, which, by the way, Witcher 3, the only game that these things show up in. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, these pretty, are pretty one, one of the unique ones that we don't see in all the other ones. So. Yeah. Yeah. So this is from Johannes Strud. A guide. Mm-hmm. Should I read this? Um, Go ahead. If night ever catches you in the swamps, stay put and wait for dawn, even if it means standing waist deep in water with leeches crawling down your trousers. Oh, God. Most important of all, if you see a light in the fog, never, and I mean never, go towards it. Huh. Uh, yep. Fog is the traveler's foe. In the forest, it can make one lose one's way. At sea, it can send one sailing into the rocks. Yet such dangers are nothing compared to the monsters known as foglets, which sometimes lurk within it. These creature have, creatures have powerful arms and claws like Zeracanian kinjals. Yet mm. what makes them truly dangerous is their mastery of deception, beguilement, and disorientation. Many times they need not attack at all, instead simply driving their prey to madness or into boggy marshlands, after which they wait patiently for it to drown in the muddy waters. So, so they just lure you into the mud and then you just get stuck? Mm-hmm. That's... Uh, they're, they're patient. They're patient monsters. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then you get leeches down your trousers. Yeah. That's, that's rough, buddy. I mean, that's. I guess that's not... <laughs> as bad as getting you know destroyed and eaten by a bunch of foglets but it's still pretty gross and terrible 
Yeah, pretty gross. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. So what do we do about these when fighting? We, we heard a little bit about art and, and these kinds of things. What else is there? So uh, rapidly thickening fog tends to be a sign that they're close. Uh, preparing Quinn if the fog is accompanied by snarling. So if the fog shows up out of nowhere very quickly, that's the first warning sign. It Second, starts growling at it you. It starts <laughs> growling at you, snarling. It's probably not a dog in the fog. It is a foglet. Yeah, I would I would also just like to yeah, point out, like, prepare Quinn if uh, anything that's not supposed to snarl starts snarling at you. Probably is a yeah. good idea. Yeah. Uh, so... Yeah. Uh, note that without the use of any signs or bombs, when a foglet is invisible, one can't harm them at all. So make use, good use of Moondust, Erden, and Ard to force their co corporeal form to appear and do damage to them. Also note that while they're invisible, paying attention to the more glowing part of the fog will indicate where they are so you can prepare for their attack. It is possible to counterattack a foglet as they materialize to attack a good way to begin your offense. Yeah, so they they kind of go transparent. They creep around and then they come at you and then they like reappear when they come at you. But as long as they're transparent, you can't do anything. So you got to get them to appear. And if you can't get them to appear, be ready for the attack and then respond. Yeah, which but you can you can, of course, blast them out of it. Like if you like it said before, if you use Ard while they're in that form, that can force them into the corporeal and then you can like start going after them. Right. You know? So right. you have options with with these ones. So yeah. uh, you can one hit kill a foglet with a well-timed Ard sweep. Watch very carefully the fastest moving fog once it goes invisible. Once it gets closer, cast Ard sweep immediately. With a high sign intensity, you can knock the foglet back, rendering it visible again, and allow you to do a one-hit kill. Nice. Yeah. Uh, foglets can also create illusions of themselves that can cause physical harm while the real foglet stalks the area. Damaging the illusions disrupts them and can reveal the foglet's location. Illusions. Yeah, so they can kind of create, like, copies. Uh, yeah, it, it's... it's, it's not fun to have to deal with, you know, copies of a thing, but at least for foglets, they don't regen like a uh, genio, the woods <laughs> like yeah. race whenever they do that. <laughs> right. So. Right. Right. But if you do run into what seems like a group of foglets, sometimes it's not as many as it appears because they've got those copies going around. Mm -hmm. So yeah, geez. as with, as with any of these things, obviously this is like video game stuff, but to imagine dealing with something like this in real life, like to be walking through the fog and then all of a sudden have a creature jump out at you and then it's not the real creature because th that was a copy of it and the real creature is now creeping up behind you and you got to look out for the glowy fog like i can imagine that foglets in most situations except for when they come across say a witcher or a really well-prepared sorcerer of some sort mm -hmm. chances are they're they're successful because they limit the visibility. They can turn invisible. They can multiply wh what seems like to be more than what's actually there. So they can really freak you out. Um, and then they're pretty effective. Once they get in close, they get like a dangerous hit on you and you're down. You're done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that like an actual like real mage would have no issue 
dealing uh, with these things because uh, they have real spells and some of those things are pretty potent. They would know. <laughs> right. I, I don't, I don't, right. I don't know how they would handle it because we don't really see as much on that side of things, but yeah, I'm like, eh, witchers have their, their like baby little baby spells and signs, <laughs> but, you know, so right. well, like a real sorceress can throw a like a damn fireball if they want to. So <laughs> yeah, as long as, as long as they notice the signs, right? Like the, the rapidly appearing fog, the growling, and then the, the parts of the fog that are lit up as opposed to other parts. Like if, if they are ready and they know what that means and they're aware, I'm sure they can prep a spell to be able to handle that yeah. situation. I'm, one, I'm trying to think like, as I just had a thought, it's, it's a random thought, but we see like in, in like the games, like Yennefer favors lightning a lot. Mm-hmm. Like whenever you like, she's like fighting with you or whatever. And we know that the NPCs don't do jack shit when it comes to things, but like, sure. this is actually like more realistic. Jennifer would probably be popping off and making Geralt look bad all the time. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Yeah. Cause but, if you could just blast a, like a foggy area with a bunch of lightning and just yeah, like, sizzle it, all the foglets. Is the foglet fog still like moisture? Because <laughs> if that's the case, the electricity doesn't disperse through it. Are they like, do you just have to blast the fog and then they're just done because like, you know, it's still their form. Their form is in the fog. So it would hit. Right. Them. Right. So. Or maybe the lightning helps reveal them because of the blast of light and the, yeah. the trauma of it. And then once they're revealed, you hit them with another blast and then just fry them all. And yeah, then you have foglet so. steak for dinner. Don't eat foglets they're necrophages which means they're like dead things <laughs> they're don't like, dead. like they're like rotting things don't eat them please <laughs> don't eat them. be bad <laughs> also pretty sure there wouldn't be a whole lot of meat there because they are very scrawny <laughs> so right, it's true it's true okay don't eat foglets all right well that's the game stuff we're gonna take a quick break and welcome our new patrons we've got some new patrons this week and then we'll be back with talking about the real world mythology underneath this weird creepy monster so don't go anywhere very well let us get this over with. Something has infested my vineyard. Mm-hmm. Great. Let me go prepare my something oil then. All right, here we are in the middle of the show. This is where we get to thank our patrons. And we have two brand new patrons this week. Welcome to uh, Merck, M-Y-R-K, all capital. I don't know if that's the way you pronounce it. And to Tizer46, our newest patrons. And Tizer is a uh, tier four patron. And we'll be able to join us during the chat at the end of the month, which is coming up in just a uh, week, just a week, a week, from, week. A week from today. Yeah, this is the 17th as we record this. That'll be on the 24th. So Monday, the 24th at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Uh, you're welcome to come join us. And we'd love to have you as part of the show. Also, shout outs to our higher vampires, Ben of Tamaria, Cody and Carly S and Jared M. Thank you so much for your support. And to all. F- uh, wait, wait. Oh, hold on. Nope, I didn't hit active. Nope, it's just Ben of Tamaria and Jared M. I was like, wait a minute, did they sign back up? I was like, I was they like were, did they sign back up? I was like, wait. <laughs> yeah, they, they're from the previous, they were previous uh, patrons at that at that level. We'll just keep shouting them out anyway. Um, but thank you to all uh, 11 of our current patrons. And if you are interested in checking out the ad-free episodes, helping to support the show, if we're helping you get through your work day, if we're making your commute better, if you would like to join us on a future episode, if you want t-shirts, there's all sorts of awesome stuff. Go to patreon.com slash witcher lorecast check out everything over there 
Also, uh, we don't have any new reviews this week, but if you would like to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, we'll read out your words on a future episode. And if you listen on Spotify, you can leave us a rating on there. So five-star ratings on that would be awesome as well. And you'll notice that there are little little questions on each of the episodes, on the newest episodes that say things like, what do you think about this episode? Feel free to leave a kind comment on there and uh, we would appreciate that because it helps people know that this show's worth checking out. So those are all the different ways you can help us out and, you know, tell your friends and all of that. So thanks for being here. Thank you, patrons. And let's move on with the rest of the show. You smell of death and destiny, heroics and heartbreak. It's onion. Right, yeah. All right. So now we get to the weird stuff, right? This is usually where things get real weird the real world mm-hmm. real world inspiration where do we start yeah so this was this was definitely a bit of a weird one because like uh a lot of so some of these things i don't actually like you have a bit of an idea where to start with some of these monsters sometimes you don't um and so uh thanks to weird sentence thanks to reddit uh because <laughs> uh, i was trying to look at where uh basically what these what Foglets were based off of. Um, mm-hmm. I found a Reddit uh, post. Uh, I didn't look to see who it was, but they essentially said that they are uh, in their country, which I'm assuming is France because of the term that they used from what I've been seeing. Um, mm-hmm. They Foglets uh, are loosely based off of something called a Foufoule, uh, I think. Fufule, 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 yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, which are a Louisiana monster or Louisiana folk tale that has its roots tracing back to France. So I think that's right. Yeah. They also said that a fufule is like a good representation uh of like these kinds of things like they're like they aren't like malicious monsters and that the just the foley is uh what like the the one like the mischievous ones i will say i looked up just foley and everything i got was about the fufule so yeah fu f f e u is fire yeah so, so there's like the normal ones and then the fire ones. Well, they are. Uh, I can't remember. They're called f- like it's I think it translates to like fire in this. It's like fire in the swamps or fire in the mist or something like that. Yeah. Foley uh, means <laughs> fool. Okay. So oh, the maybe these are just like, like that. Yeah. yeah. Maybe these are just like, like swamp fools, like something like that. Right. Which, like swamp people. Well, I, I will explain the real, like the real life explanation for the stuff at the end, because uh, I, that, that was a very interesting thing. Um, but anyways, so the, the Fufale <laughs> of Louisiana derives from the French. The legend says that the Fufale is a soul sent back from the dead to do God's penance, but instead attacks people for vengeance. Well, that's messed up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, while it mostly takes part in harmless, mischievous acts, the Fufale sometimes suck the blood of children, 
some legends say that it was the soul of a child who died before baptism. We got that again. Yeah, we get some of those in these yeah. old monsters. Yeah. The whole Which, like a lot of this explanation is based off of like Louisiana folklore specifically, mm -hmm. uh, because that is what I found the most prominent of, which I assume is pretty closely based on like the actual French explanation. But yeah, you know, yeah. For for anybody who doesn't know, those are international listeners. Uh, Louisiana is very French. It is. It is like of the places in the United States, Louisiana and that, area, that region yeah. is it's still very French culture there. Yeah. Uh, Tales of the Fufule are often coupled with another light spectacle in folklore called Will-o'-the-Wisps, which I think might sound more familiar to people. Uh, these small mysterious balls of light lure unsuspecting travelers off the beaten path and deeper into the woods, away from the safety of the known and into the eerie grasp of the unknown. Uh, sound familiar? So the light, the light in the fog. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, many report the strange illuminations around the bogs of England, but they've se been seen worldwide and are called by many different names. Right. Um, which a lot of different names, just like like translations of kind of the same thing. So. The big takeaway here is because I was able to find a lot of explanation for this will of the wisps, which I, I mean, I've seen those put in many different medias. So, right. And uh, which is kind of crazy because a light in the fog could totally just be like a lightning bug. You know, like there's a lot of things in nature that just kind of make lights, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it doesn't have yep. to be a monster or a spirit. But this is the explanation for people that didn't understand those things oh, yeah. back then. Right, so, right, right. Uh, so just like the Fufale, Will of the Wisps have an evil nature about them. Though they seem innocent, many believe they will lead a traveler to a traveler's ultimate demise, considered to be carried by spirits who have been banned from both heaven and hell. Will of the Wisps have been cursed to the earth. They haunt and raise havoc for the living. So very much like a ghost thing, like the ghost yeah. didn't go where it was supposed to. And now it's stuck here. Yep. Uh, some sightings include a ball of fire, like a lantern or torch carried by a dark shadowy figure, but the figure can't be clearly seen despite the light. Those ghostly men have some fascinating origin stories. So uh, Willow the Wisp is short for William of the Wisps. Look at old Bill. Story. Yep. Good old Bill. Uh, the story goes that a Whiskey Bill. <laughs> I don't Gosh. really have any friends named William. I need to find one and just call him Wispy Will. Wispy Will. Oh, dear. Uh, the story goes that a blacksmith named William died and went to heaven and met St. Peter at the Golden Gates. William was such a naughty man that St. Peter asked him to try again and do better in a second life. Mm. But William did not do better in the second go around. His deeds were monstrous, so St. Peter cursed him to roam the land forever. The devil must have had sympathy for wicked William because he gave him a piece of coal to warm himself on bitterly cold nights. Instead of using a coal for warmth, though, William made it a torch and lured people into danger. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So even so, horrible person in his first life, horrible person in his second life gets cursed to the earth uh -huh. to walk it forever, 
and still remains a horrible person. So the no lesson here at all. The lesson here is if you don't want to die, don't be like William. <laughs> and you want another chance to live another life, you just have to be naughty enough that Saint Peter sends you back to live a second life. Mm-hmm. And then maybe you could live a better life, or you could be like William and just be naughty still. I love that the word naughty is used here. Uh, <laughs> and do terrible things. Or, like Rob the Princess says in chat, uh, well, I would think more often it's another person with a lantern or something. You're talking about the source of the light as opposed to like lightning bugs. But the myth is meant to make you mistrust what would likely be a sign of relief and help. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Why would why would the, why would the myth do? Usually, myths do have some sort of something there. Like it's a warning story about like get baptized or you're ter- something terrible is going to happen. Yeah, this is or probably what the kind of the the or I mean the story is you know like like this this is obviously this dude William was horrible and got like uh, not only like locked out of heaven but was so bad that they didn't even send him to hell they just sent him to wander the earth right uh and like basically like eternal uh, uh penance i guess um which he still didn't do it didn't matter but like right i mean but, this is obviously a story of you know like be faithful to god and and like, right right don't like you know the kind of like be kind to your neighbor kind of stuff too so right like, you're gonna end up in this sort of hell instead of the other kind of hell but it's still it's still gonna be terrible yeah, but from the from the flip side of like warning to children i would think that like the, the the story here beyond just the be you know the god side of it would is just something like don't just follow lights off into the fog because then you're going to get lost and eaten by like an alligator in the swamp <laughs> right like mm. it's it's something as simple as you know like be afraid of the fog and lights in the fog stay home don't wander off that's it's usually something pretty simple like that all right so is there more yeah so there's another bit uh about uh jack-o'-lanterns okay which i think is very interesting wait so, so like the pumpkins that we carve out for halloween with like yeah candles in them yeah uh so the tale of jack-o'-lantern is similar a lantern is carried around by a man named jack jack was a drunk who sold his soul to the devil so that he'd pay for his bar tab must have been a hefty bar tab yeah when the devil came to collect jack's soul after settling his debt jack lured the devil into a tree jack then drew a cross under the tree trapping the devil later when jack finally met his natural death he was rejected from heaven and had to beg the devil for a place in hell but the devil chose to exact his revenge and curse jack to wander the land with only a small flame to see by you know what's so strange about these stories is that hell is preferable to just wandering the earth as a spirit but isn't hell supposed to be like eternity of torment how can wandering the earth be worse than an eternity of torment in hell i don't know (laughs) it's weird right maybe maybe like this I'm getting why am I getting added? Okay, my bad. <laughs> uh Discord notification. I was like, what's it? What? what? Message me right Discord? Now. Uh we're busy. We're talking about jack-o'-lanterns. Yep. Uh so yeah, so I I guess like maybe like back in the like times where these kinds of like stories were like more widely believed, like I wonder if the concept of hell wasn't nearly as like 
Uh, say fleshed uh, out permanent maybe yeah ran in chat says you think maybe they had a chance of getting out of hell like i can imagine in the in the catholic context of like purgatory you would stay in a place that wasn't great but it wasn't hell until you were prepared you were cleansed enough or whatever in order to go to heaven um and you can reduce the time that you would spend in purgatory by things doing things like paying the church money and all of the terrible stuff that was terrible and there's lots of reasons for that um but typically if you got if you went to hell that was it like that's where you that's where you go you're gonna burn was it the like was it the idea of finality because even like in a place of like eternal punishment that hell is like it's still a final like a maybe final place for you to go is the thought of like not having that finality like where you're cursed to always wander or the fact that you can't hurt anybody else anymore like if you're if you're stuck on earth as some angry spirit then you could haunt your you know the people in your family for generations they or the you know people in your village and and that becomes more dangerous to them and so that seems like a bad thing as opposed to like what you're saying is going away and just being gone like this horrible person is now gone we don't have to worry about them anymore but oh no now they're back and they do terrible things and we'll never get rid of them because they're an angry spirit and how yeah. that would be scarier like, for the people who are still alive yeah or was the devil just like i don't want to see this dude's face ever again i'm just <laughs> gonna keep him up here well, i'm gonna go downstairs and stay up here <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't right. ever want to see your face. I'm this mad at you. Right. It's quite, I don't know. So, but I mean, it's still an eternal punishment to be like this. And I imagine that there's other like stipulation. I mean, they just have to wander with a, you know, with only a flame, but they can't like be a part of society because they're not alive. Right. They, you know, they can't eat. They can't enjoy the things of life. And apparently they could still feel things like the cold and whatnot. So like, you know, mm. yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I, I think uh, I, where I'm going to land on it is it would be worse for the people still alive. And so therefore it is a worse punishment because yeah. they're thinking about themselves. They're not so worried about the terrible person and why he didn't go where he was supposed to go. Um, yeah. All right. So there, but there's more details here about the faux follet. Mm. Uh, so according to Louisiana's lore, a faux follet cannot cross iron, which I think is a a pretty wide concept when it comes to just spirits in general yeah spirits and iron or silver or water or yeah. or things like garlic certain types of herbs um yeah salt salt yeah um placing the iron onto the ground between the traveler and the fillet will keep the spirit from crossing uh one story suggested staking a pocket knife into a fence post uh, and it said that the foley would begin playing with the knife and leave the traveler alone. <laughs> it's like a toddler who's like, yeah. what's it's this? Like he gets distracted poke, poke. by it. Right, right. <laughs> okay. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, so, uh, and then that's about it for just foley folk or faux foley folklore. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but there is a bit of a, an explanation as for the possible or the reasoning for the whole light in the fog phenomena right beyond just uh, like uh, somebody with a torch or like a like a lightning bug there's yeah. another there's another actual natural explanation yes so uh swamps and bogs which are generally where these kinds of things are considered to 
be seen most often. I mean, even in Witcher, you know, foglets, you see them a lot in these swampy areas. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they have, uh, they contain a stagnant water deprived of oxygen, which is the ideal environment for bacteria and microorganisms to thrive. Uh, these organisms consume dead plant material and release methane and phosphine gas. Phosphine is believed to be the cause of the eerie, mysterious orbs. Some scientists say that phosphine will spontaneously combust, uh, and then others believe that the orbs actually have bioluminescence to them, mm-hmm. similar to that of a lightning bug. Right. So the the, the smells that you smell, methane, phos- phosphine gas, like yeah, the, like so, if you're in a bog and you're like, oh, it kind of smells like gross in here. That's that's what that is. It's the it's the gases coming out of the bacteria and stuff sitting on the surface of the water and you get enough of that building up and either it lights or it just kind of glows a little bit because it's kind of this active compound and of course it's a very quick like phenomena so all you would really see is just a you know a momentary like bit of light and it's like yeah where did that come from lost in the swamp right oh my god there's a this is a person maybe um so uh but essentially, uh, it's kind of that also just plays off into that same effect because, of course, people didn't know sciences like this of kind of like the eerie feeling of like not, you know, seeing something, not being alone, you know, that mm-hmm. that is accompanied with it. So um, kind of the, the explanation for it. Um, <laughs> Infected but- astronaut in chat says, don't cast Igni in a swamp don't you just take out the whole swamp happens in the witcher is that there's like the pockets of like the thick gas in the witcher and if you cast igni it explodes and you can damage yourself if you're close enough to it yeah so like this is same same uh concept here but like as stated before if you see a light in a swamp don't go near it (laughs) don't go to it Especially if it has the opportunity to spontaneously combust. Right. It could be a terrible person. It could be uh, a bug. A monster. It could be a monster. It could be gas that explodes. You could just get lost in the swamp. You could step on a snake or an alligator. You could fall into water and have leeches crawl down your trousers. Yeah, leeches down the trousers. There's a whole lot of bad reasons. A whole lot of things you don't want to see out in the middle of a swamp in the fog. So... This is another lesson on don't ever leave your house. Essentially. Yeah. So I'm just never going to leave my house and make sure that my house doesn't become a swamp. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's, that's pretty significant for you. So. I mean, I do live in Florida. You live in Florida. And you know, it gets Everglades pretty wet. Everglades are essentially swampy. Like, Yeah, <laughs> I'm not south enough to be in the Everglades. But if uh, the water levels continue to rise, I will have beachfront property within a few years. Hey, that's expensive stuff, you know. <laughs> yeah, people are going to want that because then it'll be underwater a few years after that. Yeah. Um, hey, that's opportune timing, you know. Those sweet. five years, perfect. Perfect. Then perfect. you need to relocate. Perfect. Yeah, I think the actual stats for something like a uh, hundred years from now, the the I don't remember what it was. It was something people were looking into it for Florida for Floridians basically because like most of us are only a few feet above sea level. Um, but like my property, like a hundred years from now would be beachfront property, which really isn't that long. Like I'm not going to be around in a hundred years, but somebody is. And mm-hmm. like, that's pretty messed up. Cause I'm, I'm a good distance from the ocean currently. <laughs> 
that's weird. Um, but anyway, yeah, foglets. I wonder if there's foglets down in the Everglades. You should go look. I should, um, you I should, should go look. You should do a, uh, you should go on a contract. Get one of those like fan boats and like, yeah, go around, see if I can find any foglets. Yeah. I doubt, I doubt you'll find foglets. Probably find a lot of, uh, gators alligators yeah. yeah big ones too not alligators so you know big, be careful of that big ones granted you could go to a golf course and see an alligator so it's, it's really not like <laughs> that big of a deal so yeah you know. it's true we've got an alligator in the lake like in our little community there's a lake or it's a few little lakes but there's one with a with a big alligator in it um uh, the biggest monster the real biggest real world monster i've seen is an alligator that was probably about 12 feet long Mm-hmm. And it was at the end of a dock. I worked at a camp like one summer in college and uh, sure enough Alligator lots of alligators in that lake. I saw them all the time because I was a boat guard I would like the kids would go out in their like, you know canoes and stuff And I would zip around in my little boat in order to make sure that alligators didn't get too close Which sounds terrifying when you think about it But yeah. never had any issues because <laughs> most alligators don't attack people unless you get close to their nests or whatever but there was one that went across the front of that, like the dock, and the dock itself is a good 12 feet across, and the span of the alligator across the front of the dock was longer than that. So it was at least 12, a 12 foot long gator, which is just gigantic. Like the head of a gator like that is like your torso. Yeah, I think the, because my, my, stepdad does like a lot of hunting stuff or whatever he's done alligator hunting before i think the the biggest one he's ever gotten was like like nine mm-hmm. ten something like that so yeah. like that's still significantly smaller that's than yeah. the thing you saw there's some big uh, ones i mean i see i see videos all the time just like you know I think I can't remember. There was one that went around for a bit where it was just like it was just this massive hulking alligator on like a golf course and uh-huh. it was just like walking around. And I was like, that thing is gigantic. It's that just like is... a dinosaur. It's yeah. yeah. It's like a little dinosaur just walking around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Crazy stuff. Well, be careful out in the fog. Look out for alligators. Uh, don't use Igni in the swamp. Don't use Igni in the swamp. Uh, you got anything else you want to share no. before we head out? That's going to do it for this week. Yeah, uh, still doing the cyberpunk lore cast uh, with you know, my co-host Genesis. Um, didn't have a, an episode this past week either due to some some personal stuff, but you know it happens sometimes. Uh, all good. Be back this week, um, and then also uh, you know, doing cyberpunk still cyberpunk uh, apostrophe d uh, cyberpunk red live play podcast. Uh, with the fumbling for an almighty crit gang so nice nice yeah the the big update with the ray tracing for cyberpunk looks really really cool um i don't have a 4090 (laughs) rtx card uh but if i did i would try it out i've got a 3080 which means it would run but it would run really choppy so yeah. I'm not sure if it's worth trying it or not or waiting to get an upgrade at some point. Um, but the fact that like it's almost full ray tracing and it looks really cool and it it is now like there is some dis- difference. Like if you play the game with just regular lighting, regular game lighting, and then you played the game with the ray tracing that was already in it, it's kind of a, a, a nice 
difference, but you really have to look. This jump is significant. And so that makes me excited about like The Witcher 4. Are we going to get The Witcher 4 with technology two or three years down the line with like full ray traced lighting on everything? Can you imagine how spooky a swamp would be with actual light playing through the fog in the way it really does and all of that? That sounds really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Don't don't turn your brights on in fog, too, by the way. Just, uh, <laughs> it just makes everything note. white. Yeah. A lot of people say turn the brights on and I'm just like, no, that that's that's bad you don't do that yeah. it just reflects your the light back at you right that's why so. car, cars that are meant to drive through foggy have like fog lights low to the ground so it shoots underneath the fog uh but yeah anyway <laughs> but you guys you guys know where my stuff is robotsradio.net for all of my shows all the different lore casts that i do and we'll be back next week with our patrons so Come join us, check out the live show. And just a reminder, if you want to check out the live show, we stream usually on Mondays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, but our patron chats are in the evenings. So next week we'll be in the evening, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. So come hang out with us during the live chat. We love to hear your thoughts. And if you are a patron, if you have some thoughts on what we should discuss next week, let us know. And uh, we'll, we'll see you then. So stay safe, everybody. And until next time, stay safe on the path on the path stay safe that's that's the place all right see you guys later thanks for tuning into the witcher Lorecast. we'd love to hear about your experiences with the games and the books and the tv series and all your thoughts on everything please check out the robots radio discord and follow us on twitter at witcher Lorecast. you've been listening to a robots radio podcast smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net.